Hashtag SAFMBTH. It's now 21 minutes before 4 o'clock and we're in conversation next with um, Dr. Llewellyn Curl-Lewis, Senior Lecturer in Criminal and Procedural Law at the University of Pretoria. So yesterday I told you about the President um, filing papers to the Constitutional Court to review and set aside the Section 89 panel report. The report found that the President has a prima facie case to answer in relation to theft of a large sum of US dollars from his Palapala farm in Limpopo two years ago. We speak to Dr. Llewellyn Kerr-Lewis just to check whether the president does have a case at all. Dr. Kerr-Lewis, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. Um, I'm going to ask you to put your neck on the block here. Does the president have a case? Uh, in short, no. Um, thank you for the opportunity and it's always good to speak to you as well. Uh, from my perspective, from a legal perspective, and I'm strictly speaking from a legal perspective, the, uh, the test to be applied when a review application is before court is whether the panel, in this instance, uh, materially misdirected itself, in other words, committed a serious irregularity in the proceedings. And from what I saw and read in the uh, report, I could not determine that such a serious irregularity uh, was at stake. So um, my my, my legal opinion, you've asked me to put my neck on a block. I say no, there's no possibility of a successful um, uh, setting aside of the review. Well, one of the arguments, for instance, that the president makes is around the question of um, hearsay evidence and mm. admissibility also of sure. what he calls evidence that may yeah. have been gathered unlawfully as well. Right. First of all, uh, yes, the evidence is, as a general rule, inadmissible in the South African criminal courts and in our courtrooms. So that is the, that's the rule of law of evidence. But remember, we are, we are not in a court of law right now. This panel was not a court. There was no trial proceedings. It was merely an inquiry, an investigation, or rather, if you'd like, an opinion that was brought out based on evidence that was provided to the panel. In other words, that was submitted to the panel. All they had to do is scrutinize it and make up their mind whether on face value, because that is what Prima Farki means, with the first sight on face value, is there possibly some uh, a con uh, a transgression that was committed? If so, yes, then there's Prima Farki evidence. And that's it. So to say that yes, the evidence, uh, the fact that yes, the evidence was considered uh, makes it inadmissible or irregular is not correct. Um, and even in certain trials, as we said here, there are exceptions to the rule where in the interest of justice, even a court may allow yes evidence. So, so that, that cannot stand in law. The second argument that you've raised uh, is the uh, issue um, re relating to some evidence that might have been obtained uh, Ill illegally uh, and so on. Well, the fact of the matter is this panel only worked with what was received by them and placed before them. They did not go and gather the evidence themselves. They did not do the investigation themselves in order to establish whether there is indeed it was obtained illegally or not. That is for a court of law when a trial uh, commences to decide whether there is reasons why certain evidence should not be allowed and dismissed or uh, is to be found uh, inadmissible. Not for this panel. So based on that, those two principles that I've tried to explain, uh, I stand with my observation that I could not find anything so onto what in the observation and recommendation that was made 
that will uh, ask, that will guarantee a court to be intervening in this matter. And then the other part is around, if you look at the, the question around the panel and also the terms of reference of the panel, when mm. it comes to the evidence or information that is before the panel, um, what threshold would the panel need to use or right. even to test the information that is before mm. them to determine whether there is um, a prima facie case, but as the president also argues in his papers, is the other issue is not just about a prima facie case, but also whether there is um, sufficient evidence. Yeah, no, no, with all due respect, that is one of the grey areas which we will need to have determination on by a court of law, because prima facie evidence is definitely not to be equated with sufficient evidence. Sufficient evidence means you are guilty because there is more than enough evidence to either convict you or to find you guilty either beyond a reasonable doubt, like we see the onus of proof in criminal cases, or in a balance of probability that we typically see in a civil case. What the panel's initial mandate was is merely to determine whether there's prima facie evidence. In other words, the very lowest of thresholds that you can think of in, 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 in law is the applicable one in this instance. It's only when it's escalated to a formal committee to investigate whether this panel correctly um, recommended uh, that he must be impeached and when evidence is led and cross-examined and tested uh, by means of questioning this way and that way, where a court can say, listen, now we are satisfied that there is sufficient evidence to impeach him and then make such a final uh, uh, recommendation to Parliament to vote on. But remember, this was a preliminary investigation. So there's a huge difference. Uh, once again, I stand with my uh, contention that this panel merely did the job. The mere fact that all three of them unanimously, and remember, one of them is a previous chief justice, and the other one, a previous very, very senior judge. And the third panelist was a, is a very senior advocate. All three of them um, know what the difference between sufficient evidence is and prima facie evidence, and um, I will be very surprised if a court actually uh, overturns that determination uh, which is actually a discretionary uh, uh, observation that was made. Is there anything um, untoward around the approach of the panel also um, in the change of the language, as the president says, um, from speaking about sufficient evidence and then using prima facie instead? Yeah, well, at the end of the day, it's, 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 we are playing with legal jargon here and, 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 and words. What must happen is, and that was the original mandate said by the Speaker of Parliament to the, the, the panelists that was ultimately chosen. They had to receive evidence and then decide on what they see in front of them, whether there might be, on first glance, and transgression by the President. Because if so, the recommendation should be that, a, that the, 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 the Parliament should appoint a, 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 a committee to then properly investigate to make a final determination in advising cabinet and parliament to, to, to vote on ultimately. So um, my take on it is there can never be uh, a question of sufficient evidence because sufficient evidence can only be uh, uh, the, the criterion when the evidence is actually tested. And, test, and, and evidence can only be tested when you give the opportunity for all interested parties to give their input and cross-examine one another to determine what the truth is and, where, and, and who, who, who falsified documents and who lied under oath and who was talking the truth, credibility issues in other words. That's, this did not take place. So uh, definitely that could not be the threshold. Uh, and I, uh, 
as I understand it, it's merely a prima facie uh, requirement, which in my mind, once again, um, they have complied with their work and they've merely did what was requested from them to do. I cannot see that a court will overthrow that decision. Okay, and then let's quickly deal with the question around that the president may have violated PRECA. So yeah. what the president raises here is, and as he did in his papers when responding to the panel, is that I did not undertake any paid work. I was working for, well, not I wasn't working, he says, but um, I didn't get paid mm. while working there because well, it is mm. the company didn't make money at all. Of yeah. course, the panel then went on to define what they believe um, paid work could mean, including operating of a business. Yeah. Is the president correct to contend that as a member of a CC, and him being the sole member of this CC, this close corporation, that there was no authority upon him, he was not in a position of authority, so therefore the onus can't be on him to report a case of theft of over 100,000 Yeah, and I hear you. Look, this is the type of argument that, uh, that lawyers will typically come up with uh, when, uh, when they are in a corner. It's six, six of the one and half a dozen of the other. Look, section 34, which is the applicable transgression that allegedly took place here regarding PRECA, um, is very clear. It's not even a question of interpretation by the panel. It's a question of there's a definition in the statute that specifically says any person in power, and, and that is def definitely our president, um, <laughs> if, well, if there's one person that is in power, then it's our president. Any person in power that is of the opinion that there might have been a, a, a transgression committed in one of those um, sections, specifically, I think it refers to part A, one, two, and three of the act, which includes things like theft, fraud, um, uh, uh, corruption, etc., is obliged, not as a discretion, is obliged to report it, if it's above 100,000 rands, to the Directorate of Special Investigations, specifically. So it is a compelable obligation that is specifically placed there for people in power, and with all due respect, to say, to say, to say um, I had my one hat on as a businessman in this instance, but not as president, knowing very well that he is simultaneously the president and a, a business person. I, I, I think that is, that is to take it to a next level of argument and possible um, uh, playing uh, with words. Um, I do think he has a problem on that one because the act is very clear and I cannot see that a court of law on the argument that has been raised will say, but listen, this does not at least um, suggest that he must come and explain. Um, if he's got a proper explanation and if a court of law ultimately determines that the act should be interpreted in that very narrow sense that, uh, that President uh, Ramaphosa wants it to be determined and interpreted, by all means. But then the threshold is beyond a reasonable doubt. And he might get away with it, no problem. But then he is acquitted in a court of law. This panel did not have to meet that high threshold of beyond reasonable doubt to determine whether he is guilty of Section 34 of PRECA. They only had to determine whether, on first glance, he transgressed it. And, and like I said, I tried to explain, um, I think there's more than only a prima facie suggestion that at least on that basis, and that was charge two of the um, charges against him was definitely transgressed. And a final one is still based on that. Um, I don't know whether it is the president conceding slightly. He says that I, in any event, did not deliberately fail to report the matter in bad faith. 
The panel did not even inquire into the question whether I had acted in bad faith. So, and this is with the question in relation to reporting, yeah. as he says, to General Ruder, is, is, is what we're reading here, what the president says, is that if indeed he was actually supposed to have reported this to a member of the DPCI, which, is, which are the Hawks, um, he didn't do it in bad faith. He did it yeah. in good faith, and that's the reason why, for instance, he would have spoken to General Ruder about it. Look, with all due respect, once again, um, the law is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is, is an ass. That's, that, that's the old saying. The law is very clear. There's no such requirement in law that you must have acted in good faith or bad faith to be convicted of an offense. The, 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 the element of the crime is guilt in one of its forms, traditional forms, either intention or uh, negligence. And in both instances, depending on the type of statutory offense, the, the criminal trial will ultimately decide whether he actually um, complied with the elements required for a conviction by proving beyond reasonable doubt that he had the necessary guilt on his side. There's no element of bad faith or good faith in law as a requirement, a specific element in law to get a conviction. Let's take an example. If, if, if you drive in your vehicle and, and, and for some reason um, you uh, collide with another vehicle or kill a person uh, uh, that is walking across the street, obviously you did not do that so in bad faith. It was a mere negligent act. But the court does not look at your... Um, whether you acted in good faith or bad faith when you committed that transgression. The act requires mere negligence in the 1% negligence uh, situation. That is sufficient for a conviction. So um, please be careful to, um, to, to, to think that good faith or bad faith is a separate element of a crime for a conviction. That is mitigation. If he did not act in, in, in bad faith, with all due respect, that is a very serious mitigating factor that might be a, uh, ultimately uh, uh, ensure a lenient or a more lenient sentence if ever convicted. But it's got nothing to do with the requirement for conviction itself because it's not an element of the crime. Thank you so much for your time. That is Dr. Llewellyn Curl lewis Senior Lecturer in Criminal and Procedural Law at the University of Pretoria. And as you may know, that uh, Parliament has decided to um, postpone the sitting that was supposed to take place today where the report will be debated. That will now happen next week, Monday. And all of this, of course, happening as the ANC heads to its elective conference, which starts on the 16th of December.